Hey, Grace Auburn family, you are listening to the Grace Auburn Church Podcast. My name is Lee, and it is a gift and a joy to serve as a pastor of this church, uh, a longtime member at this point, and now, most recently, um, I get to host this podcast, and it has been such a gift uh, for me personally to have the conversations that I've been privileged to have. Today, uh, once again, I'm joined by the rest of our pastors, and we talk uh, in reflection about Matt's sermon from Sunday, talking about giving and a life of joyful generosity. And for those of us who are now uh, freed from the law because of Christ's fulfillment of the law, we are uh, equipped with all that we need for life and godliness and have all that we need to respond with all of our life and faith in Jesus Christ. Our conversation talks about giving. It talks about tithes. It talks about our future home as we continue to press on uh, through the end of this year with a due diligence period uh, and the contract that we have uh, on a property here in Auburn. But we also talk about the many ministries we are excited to continue being a part of, the many ministries that we have happening in the life of our church and how we cannot wait to see how the Lord uses a bigger space with more opportunity and more room for more ministry to happen. And as more and more families find their way into the life of our church, how it equips us uh, to continue in the work of church planting around the world that we have been a part of from the very beginning of this church, both in how we send people, uh, whether it be to Asia or Africa or Europe or to urban centers all over the United States. We believe heavily in church planting, and we cannot wait to see how God continues to grow and use this church to that end. Uh, this conversation was rich. It was a lot of fun, and I think it'll be a blessing to you wherever it is that you're listening to the Grace Auburn Church Podcast. Over the last several weeks, I was put on to a short sermon uh, by Francis Schaefer called The Lord's Work and the Lord's Way uh, by Ray Ortland on he and Sam Albury's podcast. And it's been such an encouragement to me as a young pastor, that being the focus of their ministry is trying to strengthen the resolve for good that leaders in ministry have. And he, he pointed out this Crossway Short Classics series of books. Kicking off this podcast this morning as we as pastors sit around working through and talking through uh, where we currently sit in our process of praying now to him who is able to do far more than we have, than we ever hoped or imagined, um, far more abundantly. I wanted to begin this morning by reminding us of the, the power that works within us and our desperate need for God to do what only he can do. So Francis Schaeffer says this, a Christian can never say, I knew the power of the Holy Spirit yesterday, so today I can be at rest. It's one of the existential realities of the Christian life to stand before God consciously recognizing our need. The publican in Jesus' story of the Pharisee and the publican, the publican saying, Christ have mercy on me, a sinner. The publican illustrates that justification requires humbling. Christians must humble themselves to know the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. To the extent that we do not humble ourselves, there will be no power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Lord's work and the Lord's way is the Lord's work and the power of the Holy Spirit and not in the power of the flesh. 
As we begin this conversation today, just kind of as an update, um, I'm joined on the podcast today, Matt Dean, Jeff Hollis, Caleb Farrow, Jason Ingle, our team of pastors. Uh, as we're recording this, it's Tuesday morning, and we gather every Tuesday morning for the purpose of prayer, for the purpose of conversations, and how we might continue the work of ministry that God has put before us as shepherds and pastors. And we've taken this small portion of our day to say, how can we uh, pull up a few extra chairs, so to speak, at this table. And so in an effort to continue communicating clearly about where we are and how the Lord is leading and um, the, the steps that are immediately before us, uh, I want to go back to this past Sunday and reference uh, during our prayer time and our announcement time, we worked through some questions that were asked. Matt, you preached on generosity, giving, specifically how those of us in Christ are now free to give far more than we ever hoped or dreamed, knowing that Jesus is ultimately the provider of all things. And if it was true for those under the law, how much more free are we to give as those who are out from under the law and having the law fulfilled in Christ on our behalf? But I want to ask the question this morning to you guys, as you're having conversations with people and as um, whether it be college students or it be people that are in our membership pipeline or it be internationals or those who love internationals as well, or anybody along the way, or even in your homes and in your community groups, how have the conversations been going for you around the idea of giving? Um, I had lunch with a guy yesterday who has been, as you referenced on Sunday, absolutely blessed with the gift of making money. And his point to me was that he hates how much in America we shy away from talking about what the Lord has given us. Not in a boastful way, but just in a, Lord, all of this is yours anyway. How can we, as the people of God, steward it well? And so we don't preach on it often, and we, um, we have a lot of ongoing dialogue with members of our church on a consistent basis. But I want to just ask the question to you guys, how have conversations around giving, tithing, uh, the cards specifically that we've handed to members and not yet members about their involvement in this next project of the purchase of 3325 Skyway Drive. How have those conversations been going for you guys? Um, I'll, I'll just kind of put that on the table and whoever wants it can grab it and run with it. I'll start. Yeah. Um, the conversations have been really encouraging, honestly. Uh, most of my conversations have been revolved around membership and with college students. Um, mm -hmm. That's kind of a um, been a unique blend there. And in that, they've been kind of because of where we are in the state of our church and the conversations around giving have been kind of uh, educating about what tithing is and what giving is and um, and how we are to do it and is prescribed in Scripture. And, and some of those conversations have been super encouraging from two perspectives. One, the amount of college students coming in going, I've never really thought about it before. Mm. And it's not that they haven't been told about it, but it's not, it, it hasn't been a, like practically this is what it looks like. It, Membership or giving? Giving. Okay. Yeah, giving specifically. Um, you know, I think we, we raise high the, the membership flag so often, and I sure. think it's a very important flag to raise high. Um, so that, that conversation has always been constant, but the, right now in this season, um, it's been around tithing and, and giving and what that looks like. And, and I've been really encouraged at, at the humility of wanting to learn mm. from college students of, okay, I'm not making a lot of money now, mm -hmm. 
but in the future I will be making money. What, how am I to do? And, and planting that seed now. And, and my most recent conversation was with a college guy and I was kind of able to articulate learning this now is it, it will free you up in the giving later because um, you won't have lived a long season of life not giving. Yeah. And then going, man, 10% is a lot. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, when you haven't been giving, when you've been receiving 100% and living off of 100%, to start giving 10%, that's a hard sure. starting point. Sure. But it is one that is needed and necessary. And so for these college students, it's really cool to go, before you get there, that's the first thing you do. That's good. And it, and it won't be this shock to your system because it is who you are. Mm. It is what you've been taught. It is what you've been doing from the beginning before you started earning whatever your salary is going to be um, in whatever major you end up, mm-hmm. field, whatever you end up being mm-hmm. in. And so it's been super encouraging on that front for me, um, having those conversations for sure. That's good. Two conversations that stand out to me. Uh, one is... A friend came up to me after uh, the service, uh, one of the services on Sunday, and and she she uh, she and her husband uh, she and her husband are friends with April and I, so we know them well and we know their story. And um, and and she came up to me and she said, "I just want you to know, you probably don't know this." Um, she said, "But we made the decision um, to give uh, beyond ten percent several years ago, and." Uh, it's something that we just made the choice to do because after coming through a season of financial difficulty, they realized that really the provision in their life truly was from the Lord. Mm. And after coming from a season of not having enough provision um, because of some circumstances and re- working really hard, both of them very diligently, they they made the decision several years ago to give above and beyond the tithe consistently on a weekly basis. Mm. And And she said to me, that every single week it's a choice that I make. And every single week, come around Thursday or Friday, I have to make the deliberate decision to trust God for more. Mm -hmm. She's like, I just really appreciate you talking about that this morning because it's such an encouragement to me to see it's not not out of duty. It's not out of legalism. It's not out of performance-based anything. It's really out of love for Jesus and wanting to see him be our provider above and beyond as we give above and beyond consistently. And I just walked away so encouraged by her testimony. And I said to her, I wish people could hear your story. Yeah. And it turns out hey, they will without ever knowing uh, their names. Um, but it's just, it was an encouragement to me. And then another conversation I had was kind of what you were talking about, Caleb, just the reality that if you don't begin giving, how hard it is in adulthood with adult-sized responsibilities mm-hmm. to yeah. pivot mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And go, gosh, I just don't know that I actually can. Right. And the person that I was talking to was so humble and so gracious in admitting that that was a real concern Mm. and a real fear for him, even though he believes it to be true, knows it to be true. And even in other seasons of his life, he's practiced that discipline and has experienced God's faithfulness. And I just thanked him for his honesty, but at the same time challenged him of saying, this is you and your wife need to pray. And settle in your soul that this still is the right thing to do, and then watch God provide or watch God rearrange your priorities so that you can see His hand in your life, including in the area of finances. And so I just want to say to whoever's listening, 
the fear is real for all of us. There, mm-hmm. And I talked about that on Sunday, that all of us have this sense of like, what if there's not enough? And listen, if there's not enough, God will also show you that he is enough, even if you don't have enough. And it's not just that he's faithful to provide. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Yeah. But he is also the Holy Spirit, our sanctifier. Mm. And we sometimes need to adjust the way that we spend money, even in our freedom. And so those are two conversations that stand out for me in the area of giving that I was encouraged by humility and honesty, but also encouraged by uh, a testimony of generosity that goes beyond the tithe on a consistent weekly basis and the joy in that person's life uh, because they've chosen to do so. One of the things that stood out to me over the last several weeks, both from your sermon or after your sermon from Sunday and in kind of ongoing dialogue, is the, the number of people who wrongly think that we are excluded from giving. Mm. Like it was yeah. mind blowing to me to think about, and, and I don't know if that's a specific strain or, uh, you know, lane of Christianity that teaches that or that it's just assumed because you're receiving a, a, a paycheck as a pastor from a church and that church's operating budget exists off of tithes as you then giving off on what you've been, is it double dipping in some way? I, the answer right. is no. Like they, that we are just as responsible for what we make as anybody that gets paid from any other source of income. But I just think to say with absolute clarity that we're not sitting around talking about everyone else giving. Mm-hmm. No. And everyone else's responsibilities that, that we are in the same way as every other member of this church, facing all of the same needs, all of the same struggles, all of the same temptations in every area of our life, including how we budget. I just think it's worth saying that yeah. outrightly kind of as an interjection to that point. Because I watched people on Sunday when you talk about having to write the check at the beginning of each pay period, like the very first thing you do, like light bulbs going off on, oh, we do that at the end of the month. No wonder there's nothing left. It's because it doesn't matter how much you make. (laughs) The tendency for there to be nothing left at the end of the month is there regardless of the number of commas in your, you know, W-2, right? And so I think it's important just to say outrightly for everybody listening. Absolutely. Any other thoughts? Any th- yeah, Jason, just the, the idea of this is an opportunity to trust mm-hmm. every day. And nobody can serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. And so this is, this is an opportunity. Am I, am I going to put up or shut up? Am I going to trust God in this situation? Like, yes, this is, what, this is what God, this is how God tells me to live. And this is part of my sanctification process, my discipleship process, conformity into the image of Christ is trusting him. It all belongs to him anyway. Mm. And so am I going to remind myself every week, every month, every paycheck, hey, this is, I'm giving a little bit back, but really it's all yours. Yeah. And so am I going to live that way? And the joy, as as you mentioned in the in the sermons on Sunday, the joy, the thanksgiving that comes from God. Thank you for giving, giving us everything that we need. Mm-hmm. May not be everything we want, but it is everything we need. That's right. And walking faithfully in this over the course of the years, and being able to look back and go, you know what? We haven't had 
maybe everything that everybody else around us has had. Sure. But we hadn't gone hungry one day. Mm, that's right. And we hadn't we hadn't been able to not pay bills um, because of a tithe. Right. Because well, I, of giving. And I think also one of the things that's been challenging to me or encouraging as well as we think about like tithing and giving is a part of our own discipleship. It is also a part of what we are to teach and train our children. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that my wife has done so well with our son, our oldest Judah, who's six years old, and we give him, you know, quarters and dollars for different things. And, and she's, the, she's done a phenomenal job of even now teaching him about tithing and about um, every $10 you make, you're going to pull one of those dollars out and we're going to take it to church. And then this is going to go to savings, this is going to spend it, you know, that kind of thing and budgeting a little bit. Um, and just how important it is, it's, it's not just for our own discipleship, but it is also for the discipleship and training of our children. Yeah. And I'm getting some real conversations as I go back to the conversations with these college students of going, of, of seeing the fruit of some of those parents who have invested in their children to teach them this is what we do right. so that when they're in college and preparing, they already have this idea and framework moving into it of that we tithe yeah. and then we budget off of that after that and versus some of the others who weren't taught that. And so I've had the, the pleasure of walking them through what it, what it looks like for our own family and yeah. kind of revealing some of those as well. But I just think it's a, it's a very important reminder for all the parents out there of they're never too young to begin to teach them these principles um, of, of tithing because it is, uh, it is so, um, it is so encouraging and it is so uplifting as we see our children, uh, release the grip of what this Mm -hmm. greed can do to us. Mm. And, And even in Judah at six years old, the first couple of times we did this, he would ask, wait, of this $10 that I earned, why do I have to give $1 to the church. And we began to have those conversations and even in our own hearts was going, (laughs) okay, yes, it is a good reminder that this is not ours. It's the Lord's from the beginning. I think one other thing just for, for us to encourage our church family with is that as we make a commitment as members to this church together, you know, and we're making this commitment of shared generosity together that we get the shared sense of joy together. This is a glimpse of what God can do through people committed to something together. Yeah. And I think for, for those who are struggling to give, um, as a member of this church, I just want to encourage you to remember that many, many people in our congregation are choosing to joyfully and sacrificially walk in obedience in this way, and joy is the outcome. That's right of their lives. And, and so just to encourage you to take that step towards commitment, because it's a mutual commitment we've already made to one another. And it's a shared mutual commitment that so many members of our church are already faithfully, consistently, joyfully walking in. Yeah. That's good. We, uh, as I think about as a church, and I think about us continuing to ask, God, would you go before us? Would you provide? Would you make a way with the city? Would you make a way with the provision? Would you make a way uh, for the many millions of dollars that we're trying to raise across the board? I think remembering that it is because of our great joy and who Jesus is and responding to him with a whole life response that says, I, I can't, in the same way that I can't say, to go back to Schaefer's words, I can't say, okay, I, I, I depended on the Holy Spirit yesterday and that was enough. 
Because you can't, you can't do that with giving either. You can't say, I depended on the Holy Spirit last month by giving this month. By gosh, I've got a whole host of things to pay for. I think the, the continual need, the continual reminder, the at the beginning of every pay period, the faithfully making the choice every week as your family friends uh, shared with you, like th- that regular rhythm of saying, Jesus, I need you, Holy Spirit, I need you, because we want to do the Lord's work in the Lord's way. And the, the way by which he would have us do this work is by daily, regularly depending on him, both for our own sanctification. And I can't think of a more sanctifying thing than going, oof, not because I have to, but because I get to. Mm-hmm. Not, not because I should, uh, but because Christ has fulfilled the law, I get to. Yeah. Because my name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I choose to. Be- all of those things go from, as Piper would so eloquently say, go from this deep-seated place of duty in our hearts to a delight, to a desiring to do with and alongside of and empowered by the work of the Holy Spirit. That's good. Because if there's anything that we know— is that if we're going to still be doing this work 50 years from now, for those of us that are still alive, um, there will be a very real, long-lasting legacy. It's okay. You can laugh can we, out loud. You can laugh Can I just loud. point out the fact, those of y'all that can't see this, as Lee said, for those of us that are still alive, he looked directly at Matt. I guess I should. I'd be, I'd be 96. <laughs> and listen— I'm not afraid. And Jason would have three digits in his number 50 digits, years so from now. It'd so be awesome. I, I feel like if I looked at Jason, he might cry. If I looked at you, like, <laughs> you might laugh. So. I'm, I'm honestly hoping to get promoted a long time before A long time, time so before that's... then. All right. Then if we're all promoted to heaven at that point, and there's a good chance that's the case, except for Jeff. He'll be, I'll be in my 60, 80s. 64. Um, <laughs> then what is the legacy that we want to leave? And the legacy of ministry that we want to leave is a, another generation of pastors, leaders, children who are having children and grandchildren and great-children that fully depend on the Lord with every single dollar, with every single bill, with every single decision, including ones that are as big as buying a $10 million building, $9.5 million, renovating it for the purpose of not owning a building or having a bigger space or being able to do any number of things that we could dream of in that building, but for the purpose of more people knowing Jesus, both in this generation and in the ones to come. And so for, for the, the rest of our conversation for the next few minutes, what I'd like to do is just kind of pivot to the idea of church planting, pivot to the idea of how we have been involved in church planting. I shared this on Sunday specifically. A lot of the questions that we've been asked have been around the idea of church size, dynamics, planting, not planting, when, where, when, and how, when, where, when, and I said when twice. How and when are we going to do that best? And our answer is, from the very beginning of this church's life, we have been involved with church planting. We have directly invested in churches on multiple continents now, and in multiple cities, in urban contexts, and in rural contexts, and in English contexts, and possibly in um, Japan in the future, possibly in Sri Lanka via our network, possibly in so many different places. But our, our joyful generosity together has enabled us to give generously into the lives of church planters, church planting teams around the world. And I made this statement, and I'll say it again on this podcast. It's not that we will know not 
ever plant another church in Auburn, but in order for us to do the work of ministry that we feel called to, like supporting church planting in unreached places and unengaged places, like Japan or like uh, India or Sri Lanka or any of these other types of places, uh, we feel like there is still a need for continuing to grow to the size that can support that volume of ministry, both in sending people and in investment of dollars strategically around the world. And so I want to just talk about some of those things for a few minutes, talk about the things that you're excited about. Like when we think about 2024, we think about the end of 2024, where we're in a building, we're growing, there are more students that are coming. We've somehow, we've figured out how to get all of our internationals and their friends that they're inviting to Grace Auburn at another location, a little bit further away from campus. What is the ministry that you're excited to see moving forward and maybe reflect back on some of the things that we've already done, if that's helpful, but reminding both ourselves and those listening to this podcast how this is really a step in the road to continue faithfulness in ministry in those areas. So that's what I'm really excited about is, is the idea that the giving that we're looking for in this project is above and beyond mm. the tithe. And that's, that's what people need to recognize. And I've had some conversations about that, that no, we're not, we're not putting a hold on missions giving. Not we're not all. putting a hold on the church planning efforts we're already doing. We we're in budget writing season and we're talking about the missionaries that we're going to be supporting <laughs> and continuing support. We're, we're, I'm excited that we're, that we look like we're going to bring a few, new people on, yeah. even while we're raising money and a capital campaign, um, we're continuing giving uh, towards the church plants that we already have relationships with. And was even on, on a Zoom call last night with a church platter in Japan and just talking about the hope is that as we continue growing, we may not be able to start a new financial relationship with you, but as our relationship grows with you, maybe in two years, if you know if we're in a new building and it's mostly paid off, we can start funneling yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into your network yeah. um, to move forward in a much better, much healthier place than right. we could than we could if we if we just wrote a a, a five hundred dollar check to you now right. that won't help you a whole lot. But in two years from now, you're still going to need. Yeah money, but we're going to be in a much better place to be able to partner with you, not just relationally in sending short-term teams, but also um, helping financially as well. Mm, that's good. I think in the college ministry world, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, sending. Yeah. Uh, th- that relationship that you've mentioned a couple of times to New York and um, Brooklyn area is one that we are in a growing partnership with and relationship with. And I'm currently in dialogue with the pastor there, Logan, and, um, and and just about the opportunity of sending college students this summer to that relationship. And that's one that Mm. um, as we grow, those opportunities will become more real for different places. And and just as those opportunities to continue in the investment of the relationships we already have, as well as more opportunities in, in different areas that I think will I know will continue to um, flesh out in different ways, and and I'm just excited to see what God does with with all those opportunities. and And I think one thing that I'm really encouraged by over the past three years being on staff, November fifteenth will be my third 
nice. anniversary oh. on staff. So really excited about that day. But as I look back over the time, the, I got you, I got you something. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. I did. I didn't think so. Okay. <laughs> um, as I as I think about that, I, I can I can real time look back and see the elders and you guys have done such a great job of based on where we are, how can we? Mm. And I think that has always been such an encouraging thing to me. Um, I guess I should finish that question. <laughs> based on where we are, how can we be involved in the work of God? Yes. And, in the, and in what God is doing and in who God is bringing, how can we use what we have here now? And rather than almost forecasting what God might do in the future. And it's like, no, what God is doing now, let's, let's move based off of that. And so uh, I'm just really excited. Um, and that's kind of where we are now of going, okay, God has continued to bring more people. We, we are past capacity. Things have to change based on that. So what do we need to do now? Mm-hmm. And so it's really been encouraging uh, to see that um, as well. So, yeah. yeah, The idea of building a bigger table. You know, we, we say we want to have room at our table for mm-hmm. the nations that are here in Auburn and to be able to work around the world. Right now, we have, we have squeezed all the seats we can around our table, sure. and then we have people standing around the edges holding a plate. So we need to build a bigger <laughs> table, uh, and we have the opportunity to build, a, uh, to build a bigger table. And what a perfect reflection of the banquet table in heaven mm. that— can you imagine how big that table is going to be? We're all going to have a seat. Uh, all that are called and are in Christ are going to have a seat around the table, and there's not going to be a seating section based on um, ethnicity or background mm. or anything like that. Mm. Imagine how big that table is going to be. Yeah. Amazing. That's so good. I, I, the, the dialogue that I keep coming back to um, every single time someone asks about church planting is, well, let me tell you about how we're doing that. Let me tell you about, to that point of like, every step along the way, God has put us in relationship with church planters, whether it be through the network, through our collaborative of churches, um, or it be through uh, in one-on-one relationships, people that we know that are planting churches, even, even talking about this building, 720 East Glen, and our friends who are planting churches currently, who upon our moving out of this space, would absolutely love to be able to walk into this space and have said on numerous occasions, hey, when are you moving out? And I was like, well, not yet. We're not moving out. But when we do. So I just, I, I want us all to know and believe with absolute clarity that we are, in fact, deeply involved in church planting. It is woven yeah. into the mission of this church. It is not a growth strategy. It's not something where we're trying to, you know, figure out if we take 200 people and go plant this church, then we'll have room here like that. This is a mission strategy for us, and we are still in so many ways setting the table for that mission strategy to be fully flushed out to use yeah. the table analogy. Yeah. And I had three different people on Sunday come up to me and say specifically, "What a great idea to be talking to other church plants about moving in after we move out. Mm. Just the idea of Auburn and Opelika are still a target-rich environment for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we're not in competition with other churches in this city. Uh, What can we do to bless and pass on this great facility to to the next body of believers to continue growing, and then they turn and pass it on to the next one? We are. In fact, helping church planting in Auburn by doing that. Yeah, that's right.
Any other final thoughts? I will speak since I haven't spoken yet. I um, love hearing your voice. Go. <laughs> um, so I, I, as I've sat listening to each of you over the course of this podcast and just kind of thinking about um, my experience throughout this, my experience in my time at Grace Auburn, I was reminded of the um, a passage from, from the Psalms that's uh, Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Mm. Um, and from my perspective, the entire time for the you know four years that I've been a part of this church, both as a member and now as a, a staff member, um, I've never felt one time that anything we were trying to do here has not been um, under the banner of the Lord's guiding and the Lord's direction. There's nothing that I've experienced that is forceful or uh, glorifying to man. Uh, like you said, we have no church growth strategy. Um, and, and that's what I tell people when they ask me about Grace Auburn is we strive to uh, teach the Bible and care well for the people that the Lord sends to us. And so that, that psalm really resonates with me because that's what we're trying to do. We are, we are trying to let the Lord build his house. And as he sees fit to send people to our table to sit, who are we to say, oh, you know, we don't have room for you. Our, our goal has never been to pull people in. Our goal has always been to serve the Lord and shepherd the sheep that he sends to us. And so in doing that and in making these decisions, that, that's what's at the heart of this new building. That's what's at the heart of um, the reason that we exist, first and foremost, is to care for those that he sends to us and to make his name known among the nations. And this is just another step in fulfilling that commitment that we have. And so um, I, I, I just you know, want to say that, that it's, it, we are not building it ourselves. The Lord is building it. He is doing it. And um, it, we, we are just blessed to be along uh, for the ride and to be part of this experience. On behalf of the Grace Auburn Church family, thank you for listening to the Grace Auburn Church podcast. If you'd like more information about partnering with us and our mission or ways that you can get connected, please go to our website graceauburn.church.